Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. I'm Sam Wilson. Joining me, as always, Zach Schneider and Liz Tory. Today, we're going to be reviewing Stranger Things 2, the second season of Stranger Things. I do enjoy the fact that in this show, instead of having seasons, they just put the number as if it's a movie. It's like Stranger Things 2 or Stranger Things 3. That's something I've always Mm -hmm. kind of enjoyed about it. And like second seasons are always kind of interesting, too, because like I feel like sometimes you have a weaker first season and then season two is when a show like really takes off. And sometimes season two ends up being kind of a sophomore slump. So... I don't know, what are some really good season two? I know I'll put, put you guys on the spot with no warning, but any good just season know. twos of a show? It's like, like I love season two of Buffy, I think is one of, one of my favorite season mm-hmm. twos, honestly. I think that's actually a kind of a rule for Joss Whedon shows. His season ones are usually a little weak, but like Angel season two was really good. Uh, Firefly mm-hmm. season two was, oh, wait, wait, never mind. God! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> See, I was going to say Firefly was actually the exception to that because Firefly season one is a masterpiece, but that's just me. <laughs> I always got to go for uh, Avatar, Last Airbender season two. Like season one is really good, yeah. no doubt. But season two, you really get into some meaty stuff there. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Book two is my favorite season of Avatar. Like I used to actually lean towards book three, but as I've revisited the show, I think book two is actually more consistent. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Uh, well, let's get into Stranger Things 2 and find out, is this one of those great season twos or is it a sophomore slump? Or does oh. the answer lie somewhere in the middle? We're going to start here for season two of Stranger Things. We're going to start with some of these new characters. We have Bob, played by Sean Astin, the, the nicest Bob Newby superhero, one of, one of the sweetest guys. What do we think of this, dude? He's a delight. He's a ray of sunshine. I love how at the beginning you you think, and maybe even Joyce thinks, that he's just a nice, safe choice, but he's not got much going on for him. But also what Joyce needs is just kind of a nice, genuinely good dude. And he's also got much more than that going for him. He is smart. He is caring. He is genuinely brave. When he starts getting involved with the incidents... He doesn't shy away from it. Maybe he should have, but he doesn't. And I don't know. He's just a ray of sunshine every time he's on screen. I I just enjoy Bob so much. And Sean Astin, he's he's perfect. He's perfect. Yeah, I mean, listen, he protect, he attack, he carry Frodo on his back. So I'm sorry (laughs) you won. I think that it was a good call to bring Sean Astin into the project. I think that Hmm. he's a lot of fun. Uh, and every and most people love him. Um, I think that it makes sense to bring Sean Astin into this love story because, you know, his grandfather was Gomez Adams. So, you know, uh-huh. hey, why not? Uh, I think he's cute. Um, I think in his relationship with Joy that he's trying to mold Joy. A lot of people love their love their relationship but he doesn't see joy for who she is, and he's trying to mold her into more of this nuclear family like he should be taking hold instead of treating her like a partner. So I don't really like their relationship, but I think their relationship is honest. I like the way it's written. 
I like the way it's executed in the show. And I knew from the very beginning that he was going to die whenever he kind of... She just needed to feel a little bit, I think. She needed a little partnership. And, you know... He's what stuck. He does feel like the safe choice, and he is a great dude. He is a really sweet guy, and I, I actually do enjoy their relationship to to a certain degree. But at the same time, there is a feeling that you know, had he lived, I don't think that that relationship would have mag- no. lasted because I don't think that that's really what Joyce needs as like overall. Like no. I, I think. Uh, um, I do actually think Hopper is, a, is actually a better match for her in a lot of ways. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like, I I do love this character. And I and I, I love that, that he's, like, really trying to be more involved in Will and Jonathan's lives, too. Like, like it seems like meddling at first. But, like, he's really, particularly with Will, he's really trying yeah, to help Will. He is. He's trying to help mm-hmm. kind of bring Will out of his shell and, like, tell him it's, like, encourage him to stand up to his bullies and stuff like that. Which, uh, unfortunately, that advice of just stand your ground doesn't end up working that well for will in this <laughs> no. at least not when it comes to the mind flare but uh no. but no uh I, I i do i do actually really enjoy bob and i i like the, the fact that he kind of grows and we see his bravery and his heroism yeah. as as it kind of goes around because you know he grieve he heave but most importantly he dropped no eve so <laughs> 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 Potatoes. And yeah, his his death really does tear me up almost as much as those demigods tore him up. It's a horrible death. For such a nice oh. person, it's a it's, horrible death. It's a much death. worse death than he deserved. The death tears me up, but not as much as it tore him up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people complain about Barb, and, <laughs> and I see him go to and I'm like, because that would have been that would have been the kid that wouldn't have been me (laughs) i'm just saying it wouldn't have been me i don't know a lot of people have who deserved a death like that but i know that he deserved a death half that's of the people who did get a death like that i didn't deserve it half as much as other people like that death in jurassic world (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like god damn they're still eating (laughs) exactly well at least at least in this series it was played for it was played for uh tragedy yeah yeah yeah, horror and tragedy as opposed to jurassic park where it's like wow they're really taking a lot of joy in this that's (laughs) it's getting weird (laughs) what about max the uh new addition to the uh the the kid group um i had said in in the last episode that 11 was my favorite character and i maintained that but max is getting up there for me actually the more the more the show goes on i think max is slowly kind of stealing the show for me and i and i it really goes even goes back to her first introduction i actually really enjoy this character and and the way that she you know kind of thinks that the group are losers but she also finds them kind of endearing it's like sure i could be friends with the with these weirdos you know type of thing uh because she's also a weirdo and she kind of uh, acknowledges that too mm-hmm. so what do you guys think of her yeah i think her intro is perfect uh, i love that they do the mad max thing in the in the arcade and they're like who's mad max who's mad max they say her name and then she just says max uh, just call yeah. me max and then all, dustin mm-hmm. automatically goes oh and all four yeah. of them, they're staring Mad at her Max. like, Max. <laughs> and then they got to prove it. I love the little interest triangle they do with Lucas and, and Dustin and Max. And I love that once again, it's not toxic. 
whatever mm-hmm. it shows that Max and Lucas are, are become closer and closer. Dustin doesn't get all fumey. Dustin doesn't really get mad. He's just like, okay, that's the way it is. Yeah. I, I like that. And, but I love what they did with Max. She's kind of like this hopeless child that secretly has hope. You know, that archetype. Yep. I'm cynical and done with the world, except the world is not always bad. I was, I was also just going to say that I love the moment when they're following her and she leaves that note. It's like, yeah, stop following yeah. you creepers. Yes, <laughs> I love that yes. so much. <laughs> I, I, I was worried that they were just going to pit her against Eleven. But they they worked that out. I was worried about that that trope, but it it worked out well. Yeah, I mean, think about that that kind of triangle you're talking about with with Lucas and Dustin and her. It's like it's one of those things. When I watched this season the second time, it struck me because like I I had remembered that being more of a thing than it was. Like it is a thing, but it's kind of in the background. It's not it super focused on, and I, I think that's what makes it work. It's just like. Okay, these two these two kids have a crush on this other kid. It starts to develop between two of them. And you're right, Liz, like the the, the one who's left out, he might be disappointed, but he's not going to be mad about it. He's just no. like, oh, okay, you know, it, 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 I, I do think that that is more, despite the fact that they are kids, it's more mature, but it's also more realistic, you know? It's like, it's not like he's, this kid's like, you know, you, oh, this this girl is going to be my wife type of thing. Like, I mean, I, yeah. you know, or, I don't know. I, I don't really know where I'm going with that. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like it. they don't make a bigger thing about it than, than it actually would be for kids that age. I think yes. I think that's kind of where I'm going with that. So I that that's that's one of those aspects that I, I remember not liking, but actually when I rewatched it, it was like, oh, I know that actually works out pretty well. Of course, Max has an older a stepbrother, Billy, who's a fucking asshole this entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I do like that we see that abuse that his father puts him through. Uh, there is there's a scene in the finale of this of this season where we do see it doesn't excuse his behavior, but we understand where it comes from type of thing. And we yeah. start to almost begin to feel for him. But I, I think that he's he's both entertaining. He's very entertaining because of w- the way the actor plays him. But he's also kind of infuriating at the same time. It's it's a cycle of abuse, but it doesn't it doesn't make it right. That's the thing about the show is that there are characters who are monsters and you do feel for them. Sometimes it does help you feel for them. It also does not excuse their actions. No. Billy should not have perpetrated, should not have perpetuated the cycle. He's just horrible to Max. He's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at that as a sibling thing, and I can't imagine treating one of my one of my step-siblings or, or my sibling like that. I know that they go on the abuse and on why he's like that, but it's just fucking horrible. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely really shitty in the in this season for sure. Like he's 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 not an excusable character, but he does become more complex than he appears to be when we first meet him. I feel. Well, I love the way it kind of ends up with with her and and Billy at the end of this season. The fact that it be, it becomes this like 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 he knows that he he can't like 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 she she kind of puts him in his place at yes. at the end of this. Mm-hmm. She stands up to him and and, and says like wrong. you can't you can't treat me like this. And yeah. and he doesn't treat like he 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 does kind of learn to stay away from her. You know, it be, becomes this thing of like. <laughs> There's some people that you just can't reason with, so you have to show them that you're not afraid of them, and you have to make them afraid of you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's that, mm-hmm. that's all you can do with some people, um, and I think yep. Max kind of realized that. Um, and I and I I, enjoy, I enjoyed seeing her take that power back 
like yeah. a lot of the a lot of their relationship really is power dynamics of he treats her that way because his power is taken away by his father so he takes Max's power away because that makes him feel powerful the only thing that she could do is take his power from so now he's he's has his power taken from both sides now from his father and his sister now but he kind of deserves it because of the way he treats her but yeah so so you understand why he is that way and we find out more about his backstory in the next season but yeah it, it's it, it definitely doesn't excuse anything we're introduced to Murray in this season who becomes a more a bigger presence later in the show but th- this guy he's such a weird eccentric you know like <laughs> bunker dwell he's and, a like, weird, he's, weird goddamn man yeah he's <laughs> so strange and he's so entertaining like, like he is kind of uh, scene stealing this first season you kind of see why they they made him more of a main character in, in subsequent seasons because he does kind of steal the scenes that he's in the line hopper has with murray i liked your alien theory better explains that <laughs> character through and through with one fucking line yeah. and i love mm-hmm. the way they i love the way they use him and yes his character is a plot device throughout the whole season but really he becomes the magician throughout for the adults throughout the rest of of the series and i love that they do that i love that he's the guy that they go to although he's fucking nuts he knows where we can find the answer so let's go to murray and i love the way they (laughs) use him i love the way they use him He's that crazy 80s archetype character, you know? That's kind of my thoughts on Murray, is he's insane, he's a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but he does actually turn out to be more uh, right, or at least close to right, more often yeah. than not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, that's that's pretty much it. I, I I love you know the scenes he has with Jonathan and Nancy, where he just completely calls them on their bullshit. He just he just like yes. he he basically psychoanalyzes both of them like completely successfully, and like afterwards they're like, oh no, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, he totally does it. They're both just like. Uh, <laughs> 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 So, no, I I definitely, I think he's such an entertaining character. Of course, we have Dr. Owens, who's the Paul Reiser character, who I, the thing I love about this character is the fact that this entire season, I don't know whether or not I can trust him. Like he, cause he, uh, like with Matthew Modine, you know that he's like, he's, he's creepy the whole season. You know that he's a bad guy. With, with Paul Reiser, it's like, he's, he's, he's so friendly, but you don't know, is that a front? Like, is he actually just as bad as Papa, but he just, he just like he's he's a is he a wolf in sheep's clothing or is he actually a, a good dude and it, it, it's i like that they keep you guessing with that have you ever seen aliens yeah that's why they fucking hired him exactly that's why they fucking hired him because we've seen him do this before and we're like huh huh maybe no yeah oh i i, I want to trust this but let's be honest you can't have an 80s without paul reiser there was no 80s without paul reiser and I mean, he's had an uptick in his career because of this, because of this role. He's had an uptick in his career and he's he's popping up everywhere. The Boys, this, uh, quite a few other projects. He's going back to his old sitcom. And I fucking I fucking love that. I love that he's getting this 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 rebirth, this second win in his career, because he's a phenomenal actor. And the For way sure. he plays Sam Owens, I, I got to say, I prefer the way he treats people uh, as opposed to Matthew Modine. And in the later seasons, the way he treats Eleven. I love that we can trust him, but I also love that they play this, this mind game with us because 
let's be honest, an organization is not going to want to put a nice person at the head of this this establishment. The experiments that yeah. they're doing, yeah. they don't really want a nice person. They don't hire nice people. But they you they would want to hire somebody who seems nice. Yes, and that's that's exactly. what that's what that's what makes us not exactly. trust him at first. Yeah, is is mm-hmm. like he seems so nice. He must this this must yes. be, you know. He must you must be horrible. Exactly. It's and they keep you guessing and I love the character. Mm-hmm. I love his whole arc. Absolutely. Even even now, even several seasons on, which comes later. I still don't entirely know how I feel about him. He's like a weasel in that <laughs> you get the impression that maybe he does think he's doing the right thing, but God, is he bad about being honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does think he's doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he is horrible about being honest. You're right. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I think him keeping these secrets... It's like Dumbledore. That's the way I see him. He he's very much like Dumbledore. He's keeping all of the pieces of the puzzle to himself and just just letting out the pieces that he needs to let out in the moment. Yeah, Dumbledore has so many secrets that they made a whole movie called The Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> It's not really a movie as much as it's just a list of shit that Dumbledore knows that he doesn't tell people. (laughs) (laughs) He comes on screen, starts talking about all the stuff he did. (laughs) Now I just see the movie going on like when they had uh, Chunk in uh in the goonies <laughs> and he's just spilling his guts okay this one time uh, right after i was born i took it and, and then i ate my brother's chocolate and i wasn't supposed to eat my brother's <laughs> chocolate but i did anyway <laughs> listen this one time i went to quick trip i i took, picked up one of the hot dogs took a bite out of it didn't like it and put it back on the rack <laughs> <laughs> No, I want to see this I, I movie. I like tail it out of that quick trip before anyone would notice. <laughs> uh, Albus, this has nothing to do with anything. I, I would say this. This is I, this has been weighing on me for a long time. I just think that he's unburned myself. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, man. Feels feels so good getting with getting that off my chest. Okay, but what about my family members who died? Oh yeah, we're uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> Secrets of Doctor Sam Owens. <laughs> I can see Paul Reiser doing that shit too. <laughs> I will say that I really enjoy the way this season delivers on answering those questions that we had at the end of season one. That like season one ends with Will kind of coughing up this 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 thing into the sink, and we see him go yeah. back into the upside down for a second. And we go back to that, like all all those questions are kind of answered. What about kind of what they did with Will in this sh- in this season, kind of coming off of the first season? That instead of being the character in distress, he becomes like he's still a plot device. Like in both of the first two seasons, Will is a plot device, but it's really kind of dealing with sort of the aftermath and the fall of that first season, and he ends up being the spy for the Mind Flayer. What do we think of this storyline? Cards on the table. I'm the asshole. I know why they do this. They're giving us more more answers. They're giving us a little more about the Upside Down, but I think they take too long. I think they wait too long to bring his story about. But with me saying that, that's more of my ADHD kicking in, where it's like, okay, okay, we got to get some more. Let's get some more. Let's get some more. Let's get... Say it! Say it! 
they do a really good job at the execution. It's just harder on on my on my mental ability to keep up with this well written story because everything really does connect. But I think this slows down this season. Um, I, I wish they had have went a little faster with Will. But I am admitting that that's probably just me thinking that. I don't know how many people have that complaint uh, that his his story kind of slowed it down. I love the idea of the Mind Flayer. I love what they do with it. And I do think that that is another kick towards Pennywise, um, Freddy Krueger, and a couple of other characters. So I, I like the slow build, but at the same time, the slow build aggravates the shit out of me. I'm, I will admit that I'm also being a little bit of an asshole in that I would have liked to see more of Will being like an actual person instead of a plot yes. device two seasons in a row. For me personally, it feels, and I actually really, I do need to stress that I do actually like this season quite a bit, but I do also feel that it does, whether or not it's actually the case, it feels kind of derivative and boring to have you know a major plot be let's go save will uh, again two seasons in a row um i do kind of wish that there had been some other person in yeah. danger some other uh immediate personal threat than let's have to save will again with that said i do think the mind flayer itself is a fantastic antagonist um the demogorgon was a huge physical threat um and the Mind Flayer is very different. It preys on, you know, Will's emotions, his thoughts. It's this intelligent um, mastermind behind the scenes. Um, and so I do like it as the villain, um, but I, I'm not a big fan of Will in peril again. I'm actually going to agree with you guys more than you guys might think. Like, I think that my thing about this storyline, it, it actually, I, I'll agree with what you said, Zach. I think it's the repetitiveness of the fact that we're trying to save Will in the first yeah. season and we're still trying to save Will in the second season. But I'm of two minds about it because e even as I say that, I understand what they're doing is they're trying to have what happened in the first season have consequences that ripple into this season. And I think that that was the, the aspect of it that I actually did enjoy was that, you know, Will doesn't just come back and he's just okay. Like there's still our lasting consequences right. as a result of the, the uh, experience that he went through in the first season. So right. I understand why it is the way that it is. And I, I it's not actually a very big complaint for me because I do think that it's still a good storyline, but I also, also agree with the fact that I, I just I'm thankful for the seasons that come after this because I, I honestly think it's not really until season three that Will really starts to feel like a part of the group. Yes. Uh, you know, he, mm -hmm. he's constantly just a plot device in both of these first two seasons. And, and and I think that we has to, we had to kind of get through again, it's a good storyline, but it's something we kind of had to get through so that he could start being an actual character after this is, is kind of how I feel. I will say that I really do love the the scene where they're trying to bring him back by like Joyce and Jonathan and Mike are all telling him these 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 
memories, these treasured memories of, that they had with Will of, you know, examples where, you know, Will was kind or like a, was a good friend or a good yeah. brother or a good son. I thought I thought that that was a really emotionally touching scene for, for myself. So, oh, I do agree there. Jonathan and Nancy hook up this season. We uh, we kind of <laughs> we flip that triangle on its head. Now Steve is left out in the cold. I you know, these early seasons again, my, my, my opinion of this actually get, changes a little bit as the show goes on but my in these early seasons if i'm rooting for anybody in this triangle i am actually more rooting for jonathan and nancy for myself so i was actually happy seeing them get together this season i don't care much for the love triangle but i will say i get it i don't hate steve but jonathan and nancy do like obviously i don't hate steve he's fantastic but i do think that their relationship makes more sense. Um, they do have more actual chemistry. And with Steve, a lot of it was that Nancy kind of felt like she had to get in with the popular crowd and she had to... It was what was expected um, in some ways for her. Whereas with Jonathan and Nancy, it is more what they each want. Um, and Steve himself, I like how... Even he kind of gets that. Um, he's obviously not feeling fantastic about the relationship going off, but yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't have anything to add. <laughs> okay, what about uh, the, the, the best love story in this season is Dustin and D'Artagnan, the polywog that ends up being a demagogue. Uh, what do we think of this love story? I think this is my favorite part. I think this is my favorite part of the season, to be honest. I'm not even... I, Y'all know I'm a monster person. I can't help myself. I'm simple. I know it. I know it. I'm not ashamed. It's my favorite part. (laughs) I knew that cat was going to get eaten, though. (laughs) The cat cat was screwed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's 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 a little heartbreaking. It's it's that feeling of loving something, caring for it, being excited and that love turning to horror, but I do like at the end how even though it's connected to the hive mind of the mind flare, it doesn't have much choice. It still pauses at the end when confronted by Dustin. Um, I love that hesitation, the fact that it did have an impact on him, just not as much as he would have hoped. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a really good storyline, and it does give a decent amount of range for Dustin as well to geek out, to have affection, to be protective, and ultimately, again, that you know, it's it's a very difficult uh, moment at the end where he's has to run away from Dart, but you know, still kind of loves him. I think it's very honest for human beings to see something small and think it's insignificant, and be like, oh. I want to play with it. I want to pet it. It's that old trope where this cute little thing becomes this monster that will eat you. <laughs> it's the gremlin. Yes, it's the gremlin. I would so would love a mogwai, but I'm not going to fucking lie. I would much prefer a gremlin. I would take Spike any day over Gizmo. Gizmo just, just expects you to wait on him hand and foot. When Spike, he goes out there and he gets shit done. <laughs> I would accept my polywog <laughs> for the crazy ass human eater it was. 
I'm sorry for that person that lost her kitty cat. <laughs> I mainly just want to express my condolences to Dustin's mom more than anybody else. For <laughs> so sorry, Snowball. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get for pissing in my shoe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was one time. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it if you kept my fucking litter box clean. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You got a point. <laughs> I really do like this part of the season. It, it is my favorite part. It's just cute and funny. And then it in the end, it's funny. like, I God agree, damn yeah. it, I knew it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I really enjoy also seeing the father-daughter relationship between Hopper and Eleven as well. I think oh, that it's yeah. really interesting kind of seeing that he's been keeping her in secret uh, and, and been more teaching her, you know, social skills, teaching her, like, educating her in secret. He's being overly protective of her because he lost his daughter. He lost his his his, uh, his, yes. his daughter in the past, so he's overprotective mm. of her, which causes her to kind of lash out and not express things in the right way, uh, which leads to that big fight between them. So, but I I think this is also a really emotional and touching uh, a plot line throughout this this season as well. I love the plot line and it's entertaining, but it it also tells us a lot more about Hopper. Um, he's not ready for this relationship. He's not mentally able to take on this role that he needs to take on. Because the only thing he knows to do is lock this poor child away. And she's going to grow whether you let her out and socialize or not. And I know the fear of letting her out and grow. But he should have found a way to put her in school. He should have found a way to, to let her live a little bit. I know he learns that from this lesson. I know he learns that this season, that he's got to let her expand. But the way he treats her and and the way he's always late, it's and it's not his fault, but it's not right. This child needs more than he can give her. And he doesn't understand that. He doesn't. He sees her as his daughter and he loves Eleven. Don't get me wrong. He loves Eleven. You can tell that he does. He's romanticizing way too much and he's expecting her to just do what he says. But Eleven is past that age that his daughter was. It's a very different circumstance. And you see him suffering because he doesn't understand the situation and he doesn't he doesn't even understand what he's doing wrong. He's thinking, OK, I'm keeping her safe. OK, I'm keeping her in a warm house. OK, we're, we're OK. We're OK. We're OK. But they're not. And, and she is trying to explain to him that she needs something. She can't put her finger on what she needs, but she knows she needs something. And instead of listening to her, he's automatically saying, no, no, you don't understand the situation. You don't know what's going on. And it's both of them not understanding the situation. And they're both just left in this foggy, clouded darkness it, mentally, you know, so it breaks my heart to see it because you see the love between the two. But at the same time, you it's sad because he doesn't understand that he just isn't giving her what she needs as a human being. Well, they're, they're both very bad at communicating. Very I, bad. I think that that I think that that's what leads to a lot yeah. of their conflict. But I do love the fact that they both kind of grow past that. They both kind of realize their their collective mistakes, and they do come together at the end yes. of this season. So that's that's pretty much my thoughts on it as well. Is it's 
it's difficult. It is not the relationship I think either of them were hoping for, but they need to work on it, and they do work on it. If if all pl- if everything went along the way it should, if it was all satisfactory, uh, story we wouldn't no, have a story. It would just be uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I think that it's real. It, it feels right. It feels realistic for who these characters are that they would both have that that kind of issue yes. having this relationship. Like, like, exactly. they, like they are actually ultimately really suited to being father daughter, but at the same time, just because of the flaws in who each of them are, like they they do have a hard time kind of communicating and connecting in that way. Yeah. I think I skipped the part where I where I, I, I meant to say I love the way it's written that it's organic. I wasn't complaining about the show in and of itself. I was saying uh, mm-hmm. I would like to say that I think that it's that it's well done because of this. It, the frustrations are real human frustrations, especially when you're raising another human being. No, Liz, don't 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 retcon yourself. You clearly said that this is a shit storyline <laughs> and that this show is shit. That is what I heard. And shit, that shit, is shit. what I'm sticking with. <laughs> yeah, that's that's verbatim. That's verbatim what you said. Yes. No need to gloss it over. Just because you know just we thinking, I was just thinking that people listening would be like that Liz doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they're fucking exactly. stupid. That's exactly <laughs> what you're supposed to feel about it. <laughs> so on the subject of the Eleven storyline, there's a fairly controversial episode called The Lost Sister, where Eleven goes into the city and she meets Callie, who's number eight uh, in, in the same program that she was a part of. And and these uh, this this band of, you know, this, this ragtag team of teens. Callie has her own uh, powers of illusion and kind of, you know, helps Eleven kind of tap into her powers. And there's this whole, like, potential sort of revenge story with, uh, you know, her kind of going after the, like, one of the people that uh, uh, went after Eleven's mother. What do we think of this episode? I know there's a lot of thoughts on this, but... (laughs) I don't hate it. not going to say that I love it. It's kind of... It is it is a little out there. Um, It is fairly removed from... As far as Eleven's personal storyline, her going out, finding out that she's not completely alone, that there are other people like her, and having the chance to act on that rebellious nature, to find, to push her limits both, you know, emotionally and power-wise, and also to figure figure out what her limits on how far she wants to go, that rebellion, on how rebellious she wants to be that having that moment of rebellion helping her realize how much she does love hopper um and how different that relationship is that all i think is good but it's also it doesn't tie very well i think into the entire rest of the season that's why it does kind of feel i think so disconnected is for the most part most other episodes do a good job of tying together all the plot lines and this one maybe not so much um, I don't hate it, though. I do find it a little odd that there is another person out there with these amazing powers. And that, I guess that's more of a thing for later seasons so that we don't really ever come back to this. But for this season, I think it's not it's not really much of an issue. Um, I don't I don't hate the episode. It's not my favorite, but I think it does help push Eleven's storyline. Yeah, it's a one off and it helps us understand Eleven even more. So I'm okay with it. What it actually felt like is that they were trying to get a spinoff. I'm not saying they were trying to get a spinoff, 
but that's what it felt like because they they started off with this with these characters' stories. You know, they introduced it to us in the very beginning and it kind of made us, okay, where are we going with that? And then they come back to this in this one episode. I thought that they were going to actually intertwine the storylines in some way or another. That's the reason why it felt a little more abrasive and less cohesive, I think, is because they saved it all up for one episode and then went with it. I think that they should have made it one of the storylines that they touched on, even if they went to for only four or five minutes each episode. And I think that that would have been better in our minds uh, and people would have complained less. But honestly, they were just trying to give us a little more background, not only on Eleven, but on Papa and on on what they were doing in that organization, what they were studying and how it really did affect people and, and damage these kids. So I, they told the story. They gave us something more. I wish they could have more, visited it more. Uh, in later seasons, like you said, Zach. But all in all, it's part of the story, and it fits. It's not like they just, you know, rolled the dice and were like, well, shit, let's do this. So, the first time I watched this season, back when it first aired, I actually really liked this episode, and I was like, what are people complaining about? This is a super fun, engaging episode. On the rewatch, it doesn't hold up as well, and it's for the reasons you guys said, like... The problem really does come down to this show is really good about having all these different storylines and then having them all come converge at the end of the season. And this this thread never actually goes anywhere. That's the problem with it is that they set up this thread of this episode, which is, again, it's an interesting episode. I do actually enjoy this episode. But they never do anything with it afterwards at at the end of this season or later on in the show. And it becomes weirder that they don't really reference this later because, like, we'll get into, you know, the later seasons. But, like, I feel like there should have been more of an acknowledgement of the eight character. And when we see, like, certain flashbacks too, like, especially with the last season. Yeah, it was very strange. The fact that they set up this whole storyline of this episode that feels like. And the fact that it feels like an episode of a different show is actually kind of why I liked it the first time. It's like, this is interesting. But at the same time, it does feel like an episode of a different show. And they never really tie it in with the rest of the show effectively enough, I think, to really justify this episode. But it does progress the Eleven character. And I still enjoy watching it. But I I do, the more I go back to the season, the more I actually am starting to lean towards the side of, I do think it's actually a weak point in the season. Because it just, it just feels to me like they had this idea, but they didn't really know how to, how to tie it in. Yeah. Uh, Any thoughts on the climax? I like the fact that Eleven gets to be the hero again, and she's the one who ends up closing the gate. I love seeing her reunite with Hopper and that kind of, uh, you know, them, them reconciling with each other. Like, I think it's it's a good it's a good exciting climax you know it's again it's it, where the first season like maybe is a little more alien with you know the one monster we're going after i like that this is more the aliens where we get a bunch of these demagogues uh it's a very exciting climax i think that's that's my thought it's it's a very satisfying and exciting climax um brings it all together yeah it really is satisfying seeing you know eleven really push herself and this time not end up accidentally trapped and weak on the other side of the portal yeah no that's that's pretty much my thought on it it's not not a lot of really stand up moments from it um but 
Very satisfying. I think it's an ending for this season. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's exciting. Um, yeah. Glad to see Eleven get to do this. But it's forgettable. And of course, the se- the season ends with the uh, the snowball dance that was teased at the end of season one, which is like, I guess the the next year Mike did get to take a lot. That, that's the thing. It's like this whole thing that he never got to take her to the dance because she disappeared. But now now he gets to, and we get you know those two characters getting together. We get Lucas and uh, Max also kind of getting together. We get all 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 the 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 young love. You know, Nancy dancing yep. with uh, Dustin because he's all alone. It's like, that was that sweet. That yeah. actually was a sweet moment. I, I, I did like Nancy kind of telling Dustin. It's like, look, gr- girls your age are stupid. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also true, but. <laughs> yep. It's like, look, people don't know what they're looking for yet. Exactly. And then, but then seeing that reminder of the threat of the mind flare as we kind of go, that, that, that that's kind of the last shot. That was a good, like, kind of tease of, like, oh, and this storyline, this storyline with the mind flare is not over yet. Motherfucker is still in. Exactly. <laughs> He's much more pissed off now. All right. I know we, we kind of went through that one kind of quickly, but are we ready for overall thoughts on season two? Yes. I think so, yeah. I'll go ahead and start. I I like season two. I think it's a strong season. I do think that it's a little bit of that sophomore something I was alluding to before. But as far Mm -hmm. as that goes, this is one of the more minor uh, drop offs, I think, for for a season two. And I do think that this is still a very strong season. Like, again, both both times I watched the season, I was very much engaged. In some ways, I actually liked it better the second time. I enjoyed the the inclusion of Bob and, you know, them kind of... uh, them figuring out, you know, that oh, all these things that Will is drawing, all this is a map of Hawkins. Like it was, there's some fun kind of investigative elements this season. Uh, I, I enjoyed though. Like they gave every character and every group of characters something to do that kind of. Uh, contributes to the overall thing. I do think that the weak point of the season is the Lost Sister, not because it's a bad episode. I actually still think it's a good episode. I just think that they failed to really justify that kind of hard right turn, and they they never really tied it in with the larger narrative. But that's really my only major nitpick with with this season. I'm still actually going to go 9 out of 10. I think it's it's a strong season, too, and I actually did enjoy it the second time around. Um, yeah, so I think this is the weakest of the, I think this is the weakest of the seasons. I think that they take a little too long to get to where they need to get with Will, and they fail at building character for Will. Um, I like what they did with the, uh, with the Eleven and Hopper storyline, but I think that they could have even pushed that a little further and have them grow a little faster. I think they just took a little too long in this. The Step Away episode with with 8 really doesn't bother me so much. I think it's interesting. But I kind of had the adverse reaction that you had, Sam, whereas uh, you liked it less this time, I liked it more this time. I, I kind of liked the Step Away. It was a good break from the, from the Will stuff, I feel like. Uh, right at that, right at that climax. But I think that I think that they probably had a really bad uh, a really bad uh, time of of connecting it just because of the way they did. They should have done it as a storyline through the whole season, in my opinion. I like Bob. I like what they did with Bob. But all in all, I I just think that it's a weak it's a weaker season. There are some ups and downs. I'm gonna give it a uh, six out of ten. I feel in some ways that in terms of the character stories, these are for the most part pretty good, with the exception of Will's is 
kind of a refresh of last season. The reason I'm a little softer on that is that, Sam, you are absolutely right. It is a natural progression. I see why the story went that way um, for Will. And of course, it makes sense that he'd still be dealing with the trauma of, you know, the first season um, that that didn't immediately get solved. That all, it makes sense. But it is still a little unsatisfying um, that that is so much of the season is kind of a repeat of last season, you know, having to go save Will from the big bad. The storyline with the, the lost sister is a bit of a slump in that, again, it's really not a bad episode of television in and of itself. It just does not feel much like the rest of the show Stranger Things, for better or for worse. And it doesn't tie into most of the plot lines. It is just part of the 11 plot line, which in a show that doesn't have a lot of episodes per season and in a show that is so often praised for being able to tie in its plot lines effectively throughout the entire series, you kind of feel that a little bit that it's, you know, stepping away for so long. With that said, there's a lot of good stuff. I like Bob. I love Dustin and Dart's relationship. I love Steve starting to become the, you know, team mom uh, somehow, which he was not expecting uh, along with anyone else. Um, But it's just such a natural role for him. And yeah, I do love how everyone is developing and changing over the course of the season, but it still feels a little weaker. So this one I am going to have to give overall a 7 out of 10. Again, really enjoyable, really good, just not not quite up to stuff. No, I, I get all of that. I I actually agree that I think it's probably the weakest season. I do I do think I do think it's the weakest season out of them. And I, but I also do appreciate Zach what you were saying about how Dustin like it's like how how would I end up adopting all these kids like <laughs> by the end of it. <laughs> you know we didn't we didn't really uh, get get that much into Steve's storyline. But like I I did actually really enjoy that aspect of it too. So yeah, but no, I I pretty much agree. Like it's it's weaker compared to season one, but I do still think it's strong so that's that's why i still gave it a nine but having said all of that zach where can the folks find you folks can find me on facebook as zachariah schneider they can also find me on the twitters and the instagrams as zachariah schnet for zachariah s-c-h-n-e for uh you can find me under the liz tory on tiktok liz tory on twitter facebook and instagram and you can also follow my studio and catch up on some of our good comedies. Uh, that's Meadow, as in a field, Meadow Wolf Studios. I'm Sam Wilson. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SCWilson underscore actor. You can follow my band Gas Station Boner Pills at the Band of Boners on Instagram. And you can follow NerdShit at the NerdShit Pod on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure that you're subscribed to us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Give us a review. Give us a star rating. Send us a DM to any of our social medias if you want to, like, let us know how you think we're doing. And if you have any kind of requests for any any other movies or TV shows that you'd like to hear us review. Up next, we are going to step back into the DC movie universe and review Shazam! Yes, Shazam! With an exclamation point, you must always pronounce the exclamation point. <laughs> for Zack Schneider and Liz Tory, I'm Sam Wilson. Thank you for joining us today for Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Stay shitty, nerds. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. So strap on in, girls, we're talking about the Nerd Shit.